Hello, hello, and welcome back to Remixology. Wow, it's been a wonderful, wonderful week for us. And I am so excited about diving into this next week. Last week was our pilot week, if you will, where we introduced the podcast to many and it was just wonderful. There were so many great segments that we introduced and allowed a lot of informative information. But for the most part, um, one of the highlights of the week was where we, as promised, introduced you to some of our remixologists as we affectionately call them. And these individuals are people who are in their field, in their business lane, and they are making things happen. They are not making excuses, they are making things happen. And that's what we want you to be energized by here at Remixology. We thank you so much again for tuning in to us and supporting this podcast. And so please stay plugged in so that we can help inspire you and motivate you. Again, Remixology, you know, our goal is to re-energize, re-empower, and help you re-explore all of the visions and goals and dreams that God has masterfully designed you to make happen. So welcome again. Again, on this week, we're going to be focusing again on how things um sometimes in our lives come upon us we know it's basically we've already been inspired to do something or to make a move in something and God whispers in our ear he's such a gentleman and he tells us things and he shows us things but sometimes we don't listen or follow that voice and so sometimes he will allow things to happen that make you have to make an abrupt change in your life. And that abrupt change may have to happen because it could be life or death even. So stay tuned as you hear a little bit more insight on how that may be. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I just want to tap into that sense of urgency with you all because you have been given this time, this moment, and you have been given great and phenomenal ideas or inspirations, things that only are designed for you to make come to pass. So you have to wake up and let's get going. Another thing I want to mention to you guys is, you know, as we started out with our trailer, I know it sounds a little mysterious, as I said before, but part of the reason is to spark that curiosity in you. And also, as I stated, you have to change your mind because when you come into this realm, when you come into this experience, because this is truly going to be an experience for you as you ride on this journey with me. As you come into this experience, you must change your mind. You must open your mind so that you can see things a different way. We know it's been said times and times again, or time and time again, that insanity is doing the same thing over and over, and guess what? Expecting a different result. How can you keep doing the same thing 
and you expect for something to change. You're going to get the same result that you've gotten from doing that thing. So again, I just want to inspire you to, you know, even in these uncertain times, to know that life is not over. It's just beginning for you. And you can still take control of your destiny and create the world that you want to live in. I'll say that again. Create the world that you want to live in. You're creating a world anyway. So why not make it the one that you want to live in, that you want to experience? More on that as we travel on this journey. I'm not trying to beat you guys up. I just love you so much with so much passion and I'm ignited and I just want to let you know that, um, you know, we've come so far on this journey. You've come so far on this journey and you cannot give up now. You cannot. You've been through too much. You've overcome too much. Too many obstacles have been, you know, overcome by you. And you've had too many victories just to sit down and say, I'm going to call it quits. Lies. You can't do that. Now is the time for you to get up and celebrate, actually. Celebrate. Do the opposite of what you were doing. Don't sit over there and have a pity party about why things don't look the way they need to look. Guess what? You can change it. Make a decision. Period. Make a decision, as young people say. Period. Okay? (laughs) Oh, God. I just dated myself by saying young people. I can't believe I even said that. But anyway... Remember, God has given you, okay, you, you, and I'm talking to the masses, but I'm also talking to you individually as you're listening to this podcast. He's given you all these fantastic experiences and on the job training sessions. That's what you ought to call it. You know, at this point, it's how you look at it. It's about perspective and these training sessions and experiences have equipped you to walk into what you're designed for. I was given this vision for the purpose of helping others to light their path. That's my, 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 my whole perspective. And I, I grasped and embraced that. I now know that that is my purpose. My purpose is to hold the light up and shine it so that you can see how phenomenal you are. You can see just how fantastic you are and how much you have to add to this world for everyone to enjoy. Think of the parable with the uh, lady who in the Bible is searching for that lost coin and she just, just turns everything upside down to find it. And this is in Luke chapter 15. In the Bible, uh, uh, excuse me, verses 8 through 10. Now, I know that some of the, you know, scholars out there are probably going to want to go a little deeper and dive into the context and the meaning of the parable. But if you don't mind, indulge me for a second. I received permission from the Holy Spirit uh, to, you know, use this to teach something and a concept that. This is based on when you determine something to be precious 
and you truly desire it and you know you want it, it's okay to be relentless. Let me rephrase that. It's not just okay. You have to be relentless until you find it, until you obtain it, until you grasp it, until you have it in your hand. Be relentless. Don't give up. Please don't give up. You are too phenomenal for that. You're wasting valuable energy and time that somebody out there needs to hear your story, your experience, and everything that you have to offer. I don't care what it is. Okay? So remember, you were created beautifully and masterfully by God to add something to this world. Why wouldn't you be relentless to walk in that? Why wouldn't you be relentless towards finding whatever it is, towards discovering exactly what you should be doing and making it happen and making it a reality? Well, I'll give you a few reasons, but, um, you know, a lot of times we're just looking for an excuse or a reason not to do it because we don't want to put forth the effort. And it may not just be that we don't want to. We just, we've lost our passion. We lost our energy. We've lost our push. We've lost our drive. But there's something gnawing at you. There's something in you that keeps knocking on your door and saying, you know, you got to get up and make this happen. There's something that keeps tossing and turning inside of you and won't let you sleep until you actually get up and find out what you need to do to make it happen. Some of the reasons why we delay and we don't get going is because we tell ourselves we can. We tell ourselves, you know, that it just won't happen. And I'm here to inform you that this is just, I'm sorry, excuse me for being so direct, but it's a lie. It's just clearly a lie. It's an outright lie. You say that's easy for me to say, and you don't have the money or the time to devote to whatever it is. But again, this is lies. This is nothing but you lacking the motivation to push you to do it. So sometimes when you are um, stagnant in that way, things will happen in life where, you know, it's, it's kind of like you've been getting the message, you begin the message, you know, that you're supposed to be doing something or you're supposed to make a move or you're supposed to start something, whatever it is. And you kind of just been ignoring that voice that you hear. You hear it, but you ignore it. So, you know, I just want to remind you that those lies are just that. And that you have what you say you have. Let me say that again. You have what you say you have. In a previous podcast, I know I spoke to you about changing the conversations you have with yourself. You have to. Now, let me rephrase that. You have a decision. You have free will. You have a choice to make. If you want to stay where you are, that is perfectly fine. Okay, nobody is going to condemn you. I'm not condemning you for that. 
I'm just here to be that cheerleader, that annoying cheerleader that's on the field as we used to do in high school. And we taunt the, the enemy and we taunt the opposing team and let them know that, hey, we're going to win this, period. <laughs> we are here to let you know that. So you're going to hear our cheers. We're going to be annoying to you, whatever the case may be. And if that's what I got to be for you, I'm happy to do so because I'm going to be obedient to my walk. And I want to let you know that you have what you say and you believe. Let's let's put the, 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 the gas on it. What you say and what you believe you have. Okay. I want to give you a little example of this and this is something that's a personal testimony of mine but you know I know that I had this testimony even for such a time as this to share with someone who may be struggling or may have had a a, a close situation where they just felt like things were just at their wits end so I want to give you an example of a time that I was really, really, (laughs) you know, just, you know, having a rough time financially, you know, just trying to make ends meet. And listen, some people say they're money funny. Mine wasn't funny. It was just downright nasty. It didn't want to cooperate. It didn't want to do what it needed to do. And I tried to make the ends meet, but guess what? They would not be friends, okay? So you'll get that later. But basically... You know, it was just a rough time. And of course, I'm going to put on my my game face when I go to work, when I go wherever. I'm trying to make sure that everything looks picture perfect. But you know what? That's not reality. Okay. And sometimes we can live in such a facade, in such a, a world that we created that was not true. That's not, you know, the best world for us. It's not the best environment. As we talked about when we were speaking with our guest, Miss Alicia, uh, just about sometimes how we wall ourselves away, our true self away. And, you know, we create these facades. We put on these masks. We put on these costumes. And we pretend to be okay when we're not. And if you just deal with whatever your issue is, You can be healed and you can move forward and you could be free and do whatever it is you put your mind to. So with that, with that, I'll just say, you know, I, um, you know, had a situation and and this, this happened more than once. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, and you may say, oh, you're just being irresponsible and you should have budgeted, whatever. You know, there's plenty of people who just didn't. Okay. And so for all you perfect people out there, this is not a story for you. It's for the people that are imperfect, that have had some struggles, that have had some trying times. You know, this is about a time when I remember I was running out of gas. My car was on E, well, empty (laughs) Um, for all of my uh, audience out there. Um, My car was on empty. And look here, I you know, was probably like a couple of days away from payday. And I had to just really just drive on faith. I drove on faith that because I had to get to work and back, you know, for those for that period of time until it was payday, until that check hit the direct deposit into my bank account. I had to 
really drive on faith and fumes, okay? And, you know, I even remember just imagining through my faith, you know, Lord, I know you're going to provide. I already know that one way or another. But as I go, (laughs) I'm going to put you there. And I'm going to just imagine your holy finger touching my engine and giving my car the energy it needs to get me to work and to get me back home safe and sound. And until I can scrape up some change under a seat or somewhere and get me a little gas until payday. That's a, you know, a small example of how sometimes we have these issues because I know you know again we've seen a lot of people out there and they're you know also creating these facades and creating these uh, virtual realities if you will where um, they want everybody to think that they're you know banking and balling and doing this and doing that and that's you know I, I even get the fact that sometimes you try it's you trying to trick your mind so that's a whole deeper conversation, but, and I don't want to sh- shed any negative light on anyone. What I do want to say is, you know, sometimes you're in a desperate situation and all you have is your faith to sustain you, to get you to the next moment where things are plentiful. And your reality may not seem to line up with what you see. But I'm here to encourage you. Continue to have faith. Step out there, you know, and and do what you need to do. So how does that pertain to starting a business or starting your, uh, you know, career and what you want to do versus what you're doing? You know, Again, it's not about not having the money. It really is not. Because guess what? And, you know, some of you out there might think I've just gone off on the deep end. But you know what? I feel like it is imperative for us to understand that faith functions simply by you conceiving in your mind what it is that you're trying to draw to you and believing that you will receive it, period. Like you just have to believe it. A lot of us have lost a lot of faith and hope in the fact that we're actually going to receive what we asked for because we keep going along doing the same thing and expecting the different result. Now you say, well, hey, You know, I thought you said just all I'm going to have is my faith. Well, you you do have your faith. Your faith is the core uh, fuel to drive that or to draw that to you. However, you got to make a motion. You got to make a move. First of all, part of that move is just believing and focusing on whatever it is that you're trying to. Uh, manifest or attract to yourself that you're trying to bring to yourself that you're trying to make an actual reality in your world as you're creating it now I know that sounds a little you know deep and, and and all of that but simply put 
It starts with a thought. It starts with a concept. It thoughts. It starts with you making whatever it is very plain. The Bible tells us, write the vision, the vision, what you see that you are supposed to have or supposed to do, make it plain. <laughs> I talk about in my YouTube video when we're talking about jumpstarting your vision, you know, how you can just take the paper and write out what it is that you're trying to get to. I promise you, just putting it on paper starts that process in motion. And then you have to start meditating and believing that it will be so. Because what God will do is arrange the circumstances. He will arrange the situation. He will send the right people to you that you're attracting for that purpose so that you can get it done. Again, he will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So know that as you are plugged in and you're abiding in him, he's going to draw all of that to you. Okay? A lot of people out there will describe this as the universe, you know, bringing it to you. And the universe is a real thing. We live in a universe. Okay? However, we know our source is our Heavenly Father. We know He is the greatest, most powerful existence there is. So that's who we're drawing from. But, well, there's no but to that. What I'm trying to say to you is believe. Have passion about it. Know that you can muster up the energy to make your dreams come true. Okay? So, listen, I want to tell you that I do understand, you know, how difficult it is. Um, and even in my drastic story about the change, I'm sure many of you have plenty of stories like that. But I want you to know um, what that feels like or that I know what that feels like. I know how it feels to struggle. I know how it feels to, you know, kind of be out there on the water and, you know, you see all these waves crashing and you're trying to walk on it and, you know, you feel like you're sinking. But just keep the faith that he's holding you in his hands. The other thing I want to dive down into is to let you know that I know also what it feels to be burnt out and working hard and grinding every day. I mean, every job I've had, I have pushed myself to ridiculous and relentless uh, levels, you know, just to, um, well, I think it really just, it just comes from the work ethic. Um, My mother was an exceptional uh, teacher and educator for over 54 years. And even during that time that she was doing that, she was working two and three other jobs. A lot of people don't that know us don't know that. But she was very, 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 um, 
you know, a very, very hard worker and also, uh, you know, just dedicated to making sure her family had what they needed. And so, you know, we'll dive into some of that later. But the bottom line is this. I saw that even with my dad, my dad, you know, was more of a blue collar guy and he, you know, did a lot of uh, things. He built things. He, you know, just taught himself to create things. And again, he taught me that no matter what it is that you want to manifest or, or, or build or create, you can do it. All you got to do is devote the time to read and to understand it and you can do it. I've seen him do it so many times, even, oh goodness, as he was paralyzed, I've seen him build things. And that's a whole nother, (laughs) that's a whole nother concept and conversation. And we will probably dive into that a little bit later, maybe even in the book. But, you know, I just want to say that I understand truly how hard it is. And, you know, even in my most recent um, you know, career choices, uh, in the job that I work, it was basically a lot of, um, you know, a lot of tasks all the time, you know, very, very important tasks. I mean, relentless tasks, things that just, kept me so busy and stressed out. Um, I remember having a very, very frightening experience um, about two to three months ago that it frightened me so that I knew I was going to have to make a dramatic and immediate change. Well, I was, you know, in this job and I had huge responsibilities. I had huge responsibilities. Um, I would try my hardest to work as hard as I could to show my worth and to, you know, go above and beyond. And on most occasions, I was, you know, tasked with uh, creating these huge elaborate reports and training formats and um, in-services and various things for the staff, as well as trying to ensure that the facility uh, that I worked for was up to date on the latest compliance measures for infection control measures and standards, um, which is something that we're all dealing with, uh, whether you're in the medical field or not, I am a medical professional, but um, whether you're in the medical field or not, that, you know, because of the pandemic, these things have impacted every line of business. So, um, but in my role as a director, I was, um, you know, tasked with a a lot of responsibility. And um, again, it was a lot. And even at my best efforts of trying to manage my time, of course, you know, you don't have a day that's dedicated to, you know, there's no perfect day where you just come in, get your coffee and, 
you know, nobody bothers you. That's just not reality. Um, because again, uh, I have to interact with those who are subordinate to me as well as those who are, you know, fellow management, uh, teammates. Um, you know, there's constant meetings and conference calls and, you know, things that go on and on and on and consume the day in addition to all of these high pressure tasks and responsibilities. And, um, you know, it just really, really was a lot. And of course, you know, if you're a perfectionist as I am, um, and, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever taken a personality test, but that's a part of, um, you know, my data is that, you know, I am a perfectionist. So sometimes I, 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 I want, well, not sometimes I want things to be done well. And, um, so needless to say, this environment, as many were before, were constantly, you know, just becoming clear to me that this is just an epiphany that I'm on the hamster wheel. I am not in the, I'm not on the freeway where I can just kind of drive and go and, you know, enjoy my, my, my drive or my ride. I'm on the hamster wheel where I can't get off. It's just, or at least the perception is you can't get off because you're constantly um, kind of behind the eight ball. I mean, just to give you an example, I made my own schedule. Uh, We make it by the month and it was in collaboration with other people in my department that was, uh, that were of leadership. And so we try to, you know, I try to encourage to them, hey, Let's make sure we have work-life balance because one of the reasons I chose this particular position, uh, this latest position was, you know, I thought it would provide me with a little bit more work-life balance because, again, I want to be able to go home and get to my son and help him with his homework and make sure dinner's there. You know, I'm a single mom. So, you know, I want to make sure these things are there. And even if you're not a single mom or dad or what have you, You know, there are things that you have to, that you need to do for your family and for your own personal um, life. So you have to have a balance. And again, it's hard to um, juggle the two when you're so top heavy with your job or with your work that when you get home, you don't have the capacity mentally or physically to um, devote to working on your dreams and your goals. And so I would make my schedule. I try to make it where I'm off by 4.30. Well, that just seemed to never happen because needless to say, constantly, there was always something that was extending my day. Even, um, you know, the unfortunate situation of every day, it seemed like my boss would call at the end of the day, not the beginning of the morning or when we're having our power in the morning to say, hey, this is what we need to have done today. It would be the end of the day, 3.34, well, I'll say four o'clock more, well, usually 3.30, four o'clock where I'm wrapping up my day. I may have just met with my nurses. We always would have our, um, you know, shift reports and uh, things we would go over. But even with um, that, we would have you know, 
after that would occur, we're trying to make sure things are in place. Um, and also I'm trying to wrap my day up. I'm trying to make sure the task at hand are there and I'm prioritizing and delegating. Well, even if I thought I was going to get to the end of the day, she would call. Hey, I need you to get this and gather all of this data and have all of this, you know, together. And I need it by the end of the day before you leave. Well, my end of the day is in 30 minutes to an hour. How in the world would I be able to accomplish that? No, that means I've got to extend my day. You know, I'm a salaried professional, so, you know, you don't get paid by the hour. You have to get it done. So, um, again, I'd find myself there, not an hour or more, but two, three, sometimes four hours. Depends on what it is at the end of the day. And she had this information where she could have shared it with me. I mean, it's in an email she maybe have gotten a week ago or two days ago. And I'm just getting this at the last hour. So it was very frustrating. Um, but again, I try to make sure that I adjust and adapt so I just try to get it done and the first few times every now and then you might have some scenarios where hey you're throwing a curveball when you have to manage it and you get it done but every day no that's again every day is not acceptable And this is not the type of uh, working relationship that's conducive to you having a work-life balance and to focus on your dreams or, you know, even when you're outside of work, focusing on your dreams to, to make them come to pass. Remember, you have to evaluate these situations and Again, just to kind of give you more of an analogy perspective of life or death, you have to put the oxygen mask. If you're, again, if you were in a plane situation where, you know, they tell you if the plane goes down, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you try to put it on anyone else. You have to put it on yourself. You have to be able to breathe and be cognitively available in order to help anyone else around you in order to take care of those you love and build these uh, situations so that it's a better life for you and your family or just even you, just just making sure that you're taken care of or whoever you wanna take care of. So I say that to say this, you rescue yourself. Just keep that in mind. Um, But with that said, you know, this was very, very taxing. And because of the nature of my work, it re- involves a lot of uh, data collection and, 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 and analytical skills and we call critical thinking and, you know, just a lot of taxing mental processes. And so with that, you know, being said, I would be so exhausted when I got home, even if I got home at 4.30 by chance or 5, which was very rare. But let's just say six, you know, pretty much the average situation. I am so beat down till I'm not even emotionally available for my son, you know, to talk to. I try 
and I want to hear everything about his day and I want to hear how awesome it was or even if he had problems that weren't so awesome I want to be available for him but it was just so hard because I'm so tired and you know what was equally stressing stressing to me was you know it's not his fault he shouldn't have to suffer from this he shouldn't have to be deprived of this and have his parent come home and not be available for him after we haven't seen each other all day and so that's another whole mommy guilt and and frustration that's added on to everything else well just to kind of bring things back to into circle or into perspective where I said that I had a very frightening scenario the scenario was one evening we were home and I'd come home and late I'm sure you know, I had just gotten home not too long before then. And I want to say it was about eight o'clock and we were sitting watching television and I was scrolling through Instagram and um, one of my cousins had posted a picture and I wanted to comment on it to say just, you know, how pretty the picture was, but it threw me off because she looked like another cousin. And so I was going to respond to the post And as I was getting ready to respond to the post to tell her she looked like the second cousin, I could not think of the second cousin's name. Now you may say, that's no big deal. That's no big issue. Anybody can have a moment of forgetfulness. We have it all the time. No big deal, no big issue. But it was for me. I can tell you this was so not one of those moments. This was a very scary thought because I literally could not mentally recall my cousin's name. This is a cousin I know very, very well. And I'm, I'm very close to my family for the most part. I, you know, I know their names. <laughs> this is just crazy. I want to kind of give you uh, some insight as to how frightening this was. If you could imagine with me for a moment, if you have children, And especially if you're a younger person, I mean, I consider myself to still be young. Um, But if you, you know, you're still in your prime and you can't remember your child's name. I can imagine that that would be mortifying to some of you or you would feel like, oh, my God, what is happening to me in this moment? And that's how I felt, because this was a cousin I knew you know, if I see her face, I'm, I know who she is, you know, and it was just something as simple as responding to a post. It frightened me so because I'd never experienced that. Like I said, this was not just a forgetful moment and, you, you know, it comes back to you after a minute or whatever. I really struggled and especially being a healthcare professional and dealing with the geriatric population or people with traumatic brain injuries and things of that nature. I know, you know, even just, to, and this may sound dramatic to somebody, but I apologize for that because I have to stress to you my experience. It's, it's very similar as to what's described in the early stages of Alzheimer's or dementia. You know, you see something, but you just can't call what it is. You can't, you know, identify it. And that's what was so frightening for me. That was so scary for me. 
And I, I mean, I paused for a while and to the point of, I had to end up calling my mother. My mother is 87 years old and she's quite uh, spirited even at 87 and very, you know, her mental acuity is still very, very, you know, up to par, which is sad <laughs> because she's 40 years older than I. And I don't mind telling my age because I'm blessed to be here. But I will tell you that at this time in my life, I would never imagine that she would be able to, I would have to phone a friend or reference her to give me some information when I'm much younger. That should not be the case. So I'm saying that to say, because of that experience, And just to elaborate just a tad bit more on that, I listen to a lot of motivational um, and inspirational things and uh, information and and speakers. And one of my favorites uh, is Eric Thomas. And he was speaking about his testimony when he uh, or when, you know, he and his wife discovered that she had multiple sclerosis or MS. He described it as, you know, she was just driving along in whatever their familiar area, community, or what have you. And she was in an area where she definitely should have known where she was. But she called him frantic because she felt lost. And she could not identify where she was or figure out how to get home. Can you imagine? Again, he may be even a little younger than I am. I'm not sure, but... Again, we're all around the same age and to experience that at this period in your life. You, you might justify it if you're my mother's age or, you know, even a little younger than her. But in your 40s, that's frightening. So he went to go and take care of her. They went to the doctor because, again, this is not normal. Um, and they ended up, you know, identifying that she had MS after they did an MRI and several tests. And one of the things the doctor had mentioned is that she'd have to quit her job because her job was so stressful and that was contributing to it. And he talks about how one of the reasons why he's so dedicated and relentless about what he does and he gets up at 3 a.m. in the morning and he's making his, his videos and inspiration and he's working and he's constantly at it is because he has to he's made a commitment to take care of her his his mate he wants to make sure that she doesn't have to stress anymore and I say that to you all that that may not be your situation that may not be your exact scenario now And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And I wouldn't wish even what I experienced for however small that was. But sometimes we can keep hearing the knock at the door to tell us that, you know, we need to make a change. Or we keep hearing the voice and we ignore it. And sometimes we ignore it so much till a larger alarm a a louder alarm uh, sounds that makes you have to do something different. 
And that's why I'm sharing this with you all today is that I had to do something different. I had to change my situation because for me in my world that I'm creating, even with my son, I had to make sure that I could be here. I had to make sure that I was available and that I was in in optimal health to take care of him. And not only that, I had been hearing the knock. I had been hearing the voice. I had been, been experiencing that and been inspired to do things many things. Um, you know, you see me dabbling in, in a, in a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but it's, it's, it's not even the, the, the iceberg. It's not, it's just the tip of the iceberg for what I know I am to accomplish. And so I want to share with you that whatever you put your mind to, you can make it happen. And that's why I'm pressing so hard and trying to uh, push forward and share with you that just as I'm pushing, just as I am relentless, just as I will live out my destiny and be all that I can be for those I love and for myself, I want you to have that same drive, that same emotion, that same push. Wake up. And go for what you know you're supposed to be doing. We'll pick up our podcast later, uh, probably tomorrow. And there I'll share the change I had to make in order to basically rescue myself, to put the oxygen mask on myself. We will share in the next podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in to Remixology. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to share my story and the stories of others and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And again, make this day great and make it better than before or the one before. Remixology. Have a good day.